everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie and I am so excited to bring you season three of Death Valley Girls Podcast. Do you remember hero Yvonne Smith from episode six and 59? She's the abductee, contactee, and experiencer hypnotherapist and this season is dedicated to her 30 plus years of leading Ciro, Close Encounter Research Organization. Recently, they made a book and a documentary that should be out next year. It follows members of Ciro and how their lives have been impacted by these experiences. Yvonne will also be speaking this year at Contact in the Desert, Roswell UFO Conference and Festival, MUFON Symposium, and is teaching an abduction training course for hypnotherapists that want to go in this field. Please visit her website, which I have linked in the show notes. This week, we have a very special guest, Kim Day. This is her first time ever being interviewed about this stuff, and I think she did an incredible job. Please remember, some of these stories can be very intense and can include situations and subjects that are difficult to hear. Please listen with lots of love and tons of care. And now, please welcome to your head and heart, Kim Day. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Pretty good today. Thank you. Oh, good. Thank you so much for coming here um, and speaking with me and us uh, on the podcast. Um, Can you tell us your name real quick? Okay. Uh, My name is Kim Day. Okay. Um, I'm a senior citizen, as you can tell. (laughs) Um, And I'm a lifelong. I couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a lifelong experiencer. Um, some of my core memories are of the visitors. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, just, just so you know, I guess a little bit, cause this is a little bit different format than what we usually mm-hmm. do. Um, mm-hmm. but this is a heroes podcast. Um, I interview heroes about the mysteries of the universe mm-hmm. and, uh, Yvonne is like a second mom to me. Um, oh, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I love her and respect her more than anything. I'm not, an experiencer or contactee or abductee. Um, but I just think that to me, these are the stories that matter. This is what matters. Um, and I think just so you know, is that the average person, um, only knows about this topic from movies, of course, and it's always movies of the end of the times. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just feel like, um, the most important thing is your, is everyone's experience and uh, being heard. Um, and so that's why I wanted to dedicate uh, what's turning out to be possibly a few months to um, members of Ciro and other places. So I guess um, I would, yeah, just maybe like to start out with, um, if you can, maybe just some of your early memories and how that um you know, because when you're a kid, you don't really know what r- reality is shaped by you becoming an adult. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess if you don't mind sharing a couple of your uh, mm-hmm. early memories of this mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Um, well, my earliest memory was when I was probably about three-ish. I don't know. Um, all I remember is floating, feel the sensation of floating down to my bed and and being a conscious and aware and seeing what I thought were two barn owls wow. at my window, opened window. And that's the window my cat used to go out of when he wanted to go outside. 
um, so the window was open and I thought there's owls in there. But then I hit when I when my body hit the bed, it was wet and sticky and there were insects flapping their wings. And and I was immediately terrified by it. I remember screaming bloody murder and my mom coming into the room. But that was that was that was the whole memory right there. Amazing. It yeah. was one of the, it's one of those things that you put back in the back of your mind. It, it came to the front every once in a while. I was like, I wonder what that happened. What happened? What was that? Why yeah. would I think about that? Yeah. Um, and my mom did uh, confess to me when she was older that she had a UFO in the backyard while she was had my little brother in her arms and I was sleeping in my bedroom. And she said one was in the backyard and telepathically asked her if she wanted to go with them. And she told them no. <laughs> she had children. Um, yeah. Well, but, so, oh, sorry. Go ahead. It just, um, it's just oh, a sorry. continuation. Um, growing up, being born and raised in Southern California. Oh, it's a wow. Hot down there. So, yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, I remember driving in the car with my parents in Arrow. We were up in Arrowhead in the mountains somewhere, I think, and driving a mountain road. And I remember my dad saying, look, there's a UFO and everybody in the car getting excited and looking out the window and seeing one just cruising between two canyons and getting excited about it. And that's all I remember. Right. Um, I I asked my family afterwards. None of them remembers that. Oh, wow. So I don't know what happened there. Okay. And I was going to ask you, uh, has anyone in your family had uh, any similar experiences to you aside from? My mom is the only one that I know of that has admitted that she saw, you know, one in the backyard, but that's it. I don't have any history of um, my grandparents or anybody else, but I will tell you this. Um, My dad worked in um aerospace his entire okay. adult life yes okay he worked for all of them okay all of them uh okay. he was working with aerojet general uh the longest uh, with nasa and they did and they worked on the nerva project that was that was his life he loved that project and then it got canceled um but no um wow um he was at the testing of all the of Bikini Islands for the atomic testing. He was in Las Vegas for all the atomic testing. We moved to Las Vegas when in 62, he worked out at the test site, Jackass Flats. And um, yeah, and I remember standing on my bed when we were in Las Vegas, 62, 63, and looking out the back window and seeing craft over um, Red Rock. Wow. And to the west. And wow. gosh, I've seen that a zillion times since and other people have filmed it. Yeah. So, um, and that was back in the early sixties that I saw yeah. that. Wow. Well, um, ha- have you noticed since, you know, many more um, contactees and experiencers than I do is it, it seems to me already from doing just one of these, that uh, parent in uh, aerospace or, uh, any sort of, you know, military background, Navy, um, seem to have, is that a pretty common theme you've been finding? It's very common. In fact, um, Kim Trotman, who I'm, you may be familiar with from the group, um, she and her, parents, her dad worked for Aerojet. Yeah. Did you know that? 
Yes. Oh, no, I'm just like, I don't, I believe, you know. (laughs) You live in Pomona. We went to the same grade school, different years, but we lived in the same neighborhood, went to the same grade schools in Claremont, California. Wow. And I can't explain that either. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so I guess I'm sorry. Thank you so much. I'm sorry if this is difficult, um, but I, I really appreciate and think it's so important um, is that I guess I've been looking at or considering the concept of being chosen or some people feel that they've agreed to do it. But this um, parents being part of aerospace, I guess that's a whole other section. Do you feel that you were chosen beyond that? I really don't know. Okay. I, I couldn't honestly tell you. And um, I'm, I'm not tremendously woo, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Very practical person. I'm married to, you know, retired Navy. Yeah. Um, I was raised around cops. I'm just, I'm, I'm a more practical and I'm a Virgo. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a Virgo too. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really surprised. Um, <laughs> But I had several experiences over my lifetime that I couldn't explain and made no sense to me. Um, for instance, when I was in high school, uh, we were out toilet paping uh, football players' homes. Gosh, like nobody ever did that. And a bunch of girls, we were drunk. Um, and the helicopter came over with the beam on, right? They've been doing that for decades. Wow. And for some reason, I was gripped by this just preternatural uh, terror. I had to, I, I couldn't get out in that light. And the girls were dancing in it, flipping the police off and everything. I actually hid under a tree and hyperventilated. I was so oh terrible. Wow. They had to come back and get me out from under the tree because that light terrified me so bad. I had no explanation for it. Right. Um. And I've had several, I mean, dreams of them coming down the street. It, it just, it's a continuation. It just yeah. never really stopped. Um, but I kept putting it back in my mind, back in my mind. Like, this can't, this can't really be real. I'm just having nightmares because I've seen movies like Close Encounters and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I had an encounter in 1989 that changed everything. Um, I had a newborn daughter. Uh how old was she three or four months old four or five and um in the middle of the night I remember waking up and I was laying on my side and I saw both my husband and I being lifted up out of bed um and then I don't remember much else and then I found myself standing on a dirt road um near a canyon and there was a hill over here and a little building and there were houses up on that hill and there was a big oak tree over there and I'm taking notes of all this stuff I've never been to this place I have no idea where it is um but I took notes and it was the encounter that woke me up to something's going on here um I was I actually felt like I was in and out of consciousness like I was I was there but I wasn't quite um, it was very, um, the timeline was very, uh, what do you call it? It wasn't like a dream where it jumbled up. It was yeah. very logical. Everything happened. Um, anyway, I found myself on a dirt road. There were a group of people standing in front of me. 
and they were facing away from me. And there was a little man standing next to me with blonde hair. Um, and we were just standing there and I was looking around trying to orient myself. And next thing I know, there's two like 30 or 40 foot um, UFOs, not a, dissimilar from what's behind you there. Um, and one landed that didn't land. It hovered in front of them. And then this one hovered in front of me next to me. And the ramp lowered from the one furthest away. And I saw the people going up into it. And I said out loud, um, wait, what about me? And at that instant, on the, at the side of the craft, there was a, a huge, uh, it was like a, a violet white light, but it had symbols in it and it flashed really bright. And there was a booming voice in my head that said, what is your father? Wow. And I don't know what that meant. And I was thinking that, is this a voice of my, my, my future Ancestor. father of incarnation okay. or what? I, I didn't know what it was yeah. at that moment, the ramp lowered from that one. And at that point, I didn't even really pay attention to what was going on. They may have, I think they did. It closed up and it went away. The ramp lowered on this one. I, the little man took my left elbow and guided me up into it. And then he pulled me around. There was a, a curved uh, um, wall on, on the center of the crap. Cause it was, it was uh, a saucer. Okay. Um, we went to the left, which inside of a room, um, it was darkish. There was a, a bench, a low bench along the entire uh, outside wall. There were slats. I'm thinking, I don't know what they were. I'm paying attention to all this stuff. I'm yeah. Like, That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there were two other people standing there, but they were, they were slumped over. Um, I think the one was naked, but I, I couldn't really tell. Um, but it was a girl and a man and they looked like they were in some sort of trance and they were just standing there with their heads on their chest. And I realized at that moment that I was really thirsty. And I told this little guy, I said, I'm really thirsty. And he just guided me over to the inner wall. There was this um, low rectangular metal um, box attached to the wall that had a scoop. It was scooped out on top and there was some sort of liquid. And um, he pointed to it, like, drink it. Yeah. And so I did. Wow. And um I don't remember anything after that. Oh, wow. Okay. I woke up with this yucky taste in my mouth. I I was laying on my stomach and I never sleep on my stomach. And I was sleeping on my, I woke up on my stomach. My daughter was crying downstairs and I heard her on the monitor. And I really had to, I thought, what the hell just happened? I knew, I knew I didn't feel right. Yeah. So I got out of bed and I'm going down the stairs and I just a couple steps before I hit the bottom of the stairs. And I said, out loud, I said, well, that's it. They're going to, if they're going to get you, they're going to get you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Wow. And I had, and I was stopped and I said, did I say that? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's true. There's nothing we can do. But, and then, but by the time I got into my daughter's room, she was sound asleep. Everything was fine. I went upstairs, relived the whole thing in my mind. Cause I remember, I remembered a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but it was at that point where things started to really get uh, busy. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of lights around the house, a lot of missing time. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I realized that when my daughter was about three years old, it, it, she was the one that was of main interest to them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, okay. I was also shown a hybrid child and told it was mine, a boy. And I saw him like three or four times after that. Okay. Um, on I, earth? Like he, yeah, he yeah. lives on earth? Okay. Yeah. I came next. I chased him around the house once. Uh, and when I said this gets convoluted, it does because there's so much. Right. Um, God, my daughter. Um, I wrote to, anyway, after this encounter that I had in 89, I reached out to Jacques Vallée. I reached out to um, Whitley Strieber. I reached out to different, uh, Bud Hopkins, uh, at all of them. And they all responded and they wow. were all helpful. Jacques Vallée sent a, an investigator. Her name's her name was Marilyn Tier. I'm sure she's not with us anymore. Okay. Um, fabulous woman. We stayed friends for years. And she actually came down, took pictures, you know, recorded my everything. Yeah. Um, Whitley got me in touch with other people in the area, a support group. And that okay. was really helpful because we could share stories and a lot of us yeah. had similar things that we saw. Yeah. And did was, you share it with your husband or anyone? Oh or? yeah, I, I did. Okay. And um, I was met with huge skepticism. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, okay. and, uh, well, if you believe it, I have, you know, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, but then he started making bad jokes about it because my daughter was clearly involved at one point and she would say things to him and it would upset him. And he say, you're feeding her all kinds of crap. And I said, right. I am not. The first thing that happened, she was about three years old. And I had one of those magazines, you know, the sun or the globe or whatever. Oh, terrible. Yeah. And it had, <laughs> it had um, a little girl, a little blonde girl laying on a table with a bunch of grays standing around, poking at her and stuff. And my daughter walked over. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even occur to me that she was going to look at this. She looked right at it and she said, I know him and him oh my and God. him and I know him. And she turned around and ran toward her bedroom. And I thought, what's she going to show me? So I go there and she comes running out, slams the door and stands in front of her door and looks at me. And I said, do you know them? And she says, yes. And I, I, so I got her to talk a little bit about it. She said his name was Mr., and they, he, he came at night and they ate popcorn together sometimes and oranges. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and that she, he loved her and cared about her. I mean, she, those are the things that she related to me. Wow. Now, this is prior to her. This is when she was still a, a small child before she gets to the point where she forgets all that stuff. Or, and I'm wondering, how much stuff did I forget when I was? Right. That happened to me because... I have letter after letter after letter to Jacques, to um, Marilyn Tier about my daughter's revelations and things that she would tell me and everything. Right. Um, in 1992, oh, in 91, though, I did find Meryl, uh, not Marilyn, um, Yvonne okay. in UFO magazine. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, the old fashioned way. And I yeah. called her and I we did it in her dining area in her house in Glendale. I think it was um, in her house. Yeah. And um, I saw uh, there were grays. Okay. From that encounter in 1989, there were grays. 
And they were hovering around my feet and doing something to my legs. And I didn't know what. And then one came and put his face. You've heard that a billion times. And then I don't remember anything else. I got very panic stricken and then it just stopped. And do you mean the the panic or just the memory or what stopped? The memory. It was just the memory of the face being so close to me. And and I'm sorry to ask you, uh, did any of them give you any sense of emotion? Not in you, but did they, did you get anything no. from them? Okay. No. Not the three and four foot grays. No, not them. They're, okay. um, and I could, t- when I saw them later in 95, um, I'll, I'll get to that. But anyway, okay. um, <laughs> so anyway, Marilyn Tier did get me. Um, in touch with John Mack. And she did send my, uh, I, I did a regression tape. I sent that to John Mack w- with Yvonne. I sent that tape. To, anyway, um, she sent her letters. He wanted me to be at that first conference. And I think it was 92 or something. I was moving to Chicago with my family in 92 and I couldn't make it, but he had all my stuff. Um, I never saw it again. And I we never connected again. And I oh, was yeah. like, Darn it. That was huge missed opportunity. But um, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> what I did do is I got a hold of Mark Rodiger at the Center for UFO Studies in Chicago that was started by uh, JL and Heinig. And um, the, I gave all my testimony to him. He thankfully had all my um, evidence, everything. So I did do a long interview with him. Um, we stayed friends. He got me in touch with, um, um, a support group, a great support group. And, um, so yeah, and I was, um, my daughter actually told me that Mr. Couldn't find her at, in Chicago. Oh, wow. And she was happy about that. But she, oh, okay. she said there were craft outside her window she could see. And then one morning she came in and she said, Mom, Mr. Dinosaur and the blue trolls came last night and he hurt me. Oh, God, I'm sorry. And I said, okay, show me where. And I'm looking at her arm and I'm checking her body and I, I don't find anything. Um, and then we go in and she takes a bath. And, and this is when she's, um, was still three years old. So this was still prior to her, um, forgetting all of this stuff. Yeah. As a side note, I will tell you right now that she's, um, she's bipolar, um, very high functioning bipolar, but, and a very intelligent Taurus woman. Um, she's turned her back on this whole thing. She's turned her back on me. She doesn't want anything to do with me anymore. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's sad. It's. I'm sorry. But, um, and I'm hoping that what we do in future, she will hopefully, you know, seek the help that she needs. I'm so sorry. I can. Anyway. Un- yeah. I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, and it's not, not the not the first person this has happened to. Kevin's marriage, uh, my husband's marriage, failed because this was just too much for his marriage. Um, she had no idea what was going on. So yeah, it's yeah. confusing. Yeah, sorry, I have a poodle right here that wants to. <laughs> no poodle. 
I'm gonna put her. T- she likes to be on the on the table at the <laughs> beginning, and then always wants to leave. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, but um, in nineteen and uh, so between about ninety three and about ninety five, it was very quiet for me. There was, okay. I mean, we came home from uh, uh, vacation once, and with the inside skylights of our in our living room in West, in Winfield, Illinois, had been blown out. My husband said at the time, uh, "Well, it looks like your little friends were unhappy that uh, we weren't home." Oh when my god! Why? See. That's that's the kind of stuff. So I used to get right. that from him all the time. Yeah, it's okay. Um, uh, in this, but now with disclosure on the on the horizon, I'm sure he and everybody else is like, maybe she wasn't making shit up. Yeah, I mean, I think that that. Yeah, it's just I I can understand both sides, and you know, yes, exactly. obviously unfortunately uh but i think hopefully we're getting close to i mean we are getting close and uh that's why it's just these stories i i believe disclosure comes from these stories um that that's just my belief but well so let me continue um yeah in uh 95 was it just before it was, uh, I have, uh, I was a practicing alcoholic. I come from a long line of Irish and Scottish and Eng- alcoholics, French, you name it, <laughs> Native American. And so um, in 95, I put the, the kids were small. I, you know, and it wasn't, I was drinking beer and I'd have like four or five a night and just, <sighs> so I quit doing that because my mom, I remember what we went through going, growing up little sidebar here. When I was 11 years old, <clears throat> my mom married um, somebody that she met in Las Vegas. Um, he was a pedophile and mm-hmm. he beat and raped my mom in front of us. He just destroyed all of our lives. He, he abused both my sister and I. My, my brother never spoke of it, never wanted to speak of it. He's still a meth addict down in California. I'm so my sorry. sister died from uh, it when she was 42 from breast cancer. Ugh. And so we had this trauma bond and this right. I got completely derailed. I didn't get to mature like most kids do. I just kept to myself. Um, and so I thought I had really cuckoo because I had this UFO stuff going on, too. Because when I was, how old was I? 13, I think. They were hanging around where we lived in Woodland Hills. But I was so distracted by the abuse. And is he going to come in tonight? It was like, it was a madness and a nightmare. I can't even describe to you. That's completely unfair. And also drinking to cope with either of those, let alone both of those, makes perfect sense. Uh, (laughs) And I will say, and I will say that most people drink and don't have to deal with either of those things. So it's, (laughs) it's not abnormal, wrong, anything. It's just the best you could do at that time Um, or this time, if you're still drinking. (laughs) And that's kind of the way I looked at it. It wasn't, it wasn't an abusive blackout, you know, dead to the world at one o'clock in the afternoon. either way functioning so anyway 
been to many counselors over the years. I went to counseling for this. He told me, I told him what my daughter was going through. I told him what I was going through. He said, I've never heard of anything like that. I don't know if I can help you. Here's some Lexapro. So um, Perfect. I've been to nine counselors over the years. Okay. Just yeah. so you're aware, I have really done my due diligence trying to mm. figure out what is going on with Kim. I had to quit going in 2020 because of the p- pandemic and I haven't right. been back. I'm back in a counselor. I'm back on medication. Congratulations. What's that? I said, congratulations. That's oh, super. You. It's not, I mean, it's super hard to get help. It's that step alone is getting in and finding it is harder than all of it put together. So congratulations. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, my husband calls me a badass. He, he's that's one of his <laughs> favorite words, but um, my kids used to call me a, uh, what they call it? Warrior goddess. I'm yeah. That's amazing. I can be intimidating. Anyway. What happened in 1995, um, I got sober. Congratulations. Um, that first week, and it was so weird because it was on a Friday, and I think it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday of the following week, um, they started showing up again. I could, I'd be semi-conscious, laying in my bed, looking around. I can't move. I know what this feeling is. Okay, they're coming. Um, the light comes on in the bathroom. I mean, this has happened. Light will shine in a different room, and then you'll see them walk out. All the time this happens to me. Um, This time it was the little hybrid that I apparently gave birth to. They named him Odin or Odin. Yeah. Um, Somebody, they came to the house. He was running around. Oh, and it gets so convoluted. Anyway, he was in the house prior to my having this experience running around. I heard these footsteps continually. Um, and I knew it was them. And one time it was him. And I chased him down in the living room and I found him and I spun him around. And a lady walks out in my front door and I said, he's so beautiful. And she says, his name is Odan. And he had a little brown hood and a cape on and stuff. Just a most beautiful angelic face with the hybrid eyes and everything. Yeah. Um. And then he did this time. And after I got sober, he showed up, a little girl showed up. Um, he took my hand and started, grabbed my wrist and started rubbing the top of his head with it. Mm-hmm. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm chewing purple gum. Okay. And I said, can you blow a bubble? And obviously he didn't know what I was asking. And then the little girl took the wrist of my other hand and started trying to do stuff on her head. And I remember closing my eyes and they, and they left. The next thing I know, there's three tiny little grays, the humanoids standing next to the bed. And I was startled and I threw my hands up because I could still move my arms and they threw their arms up. And we started doing this thing where we were touching each other's hands and arms and I was stroking their arms. And then they started making this beautiful sound. It was their three voices kind of wove together in this really pretty high pitch um, animalish. It was an animal, but it was beautiful. And it was, they harmonized. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, And then I noticed there was a taller 
uh, well, I mean, I'm going to guess she's a woman, okay. um, about five foot tall. She had larger eyes, but they weren't overly large. Uh, she mm-hmm. didn't have any hair. If she did, it was wispy at the back. I don't, I don't recall. Um, all I remember is getting this incredible, f- and she glowed. The, wow. whole, the chair behind her, the room, everything glowed. And she said, um, she didn't say anything as a matter of fact. She just stood there and observed and watched me t- and and go. And then I took it just out loud. I said, I love you. <laughs> and telepathically, she told me, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I closed my eyes. And the next thing I, I opened my eyes again and she's gliding toward the, they're gone. She's gliding toward the door and she stops at the door just before she goes into the bathroom where they disappear every time. And, um, I just looked at her and I said, bye. And she lifted her hand and she mouthed the word bye. She, I didn't hear anything. She just, yeah. wow. And then she left and I got, I'm thinking maybe they were congratulating me for finally getting sober. for finally getting mm-hmm. on the road to life and, and getting it together. Um, I had a few encounters before and after them pulling me out of my bed and some other things. Um, because like I said, this, uh, there's too much to tell you about yeah. because it, it's constant. Yeah. Um, but this is the interesting part. I took a break from the whole, um, Whitley put a lot of my stories in his book, uh, the communion letters and my, yeah. and the letters are at Rice university where he put them in his, it, there's a display in there with, with his the letters, um, he and his wife, Anne, were just so int- instrumental in helping me at that time, too, because I told him everything that I just told you, all that I had encountered. Um, I was included in the book. It was published in 97. I think it was released in 98. And I just after that, I just got busy living. I was right. volunteering and raising small children. And I was just life came at me. And I just, you know, I went for it. Good. And I'm not going to say I made all good choices. I made <laughs> really stupid ones. But I was that's life, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, my kids will tell you. I, my daughter will. I'm going to fuck up. But excuse my language. Yeah. I, I'm just, I don't know. Life has just been, uh, it is it's just been what it has been. And I've just had to be a survivor. Yeah. Do it, really. So anyway, I took a break. Um, I divorced my, I did get married in between there. Um, I divorced him. I can't, I went, I left West Chicago. I came back to Southern California where I'm from to be with family. My mom was sick, dying of cancer. Um, so I came back to be with her. Um, and that was in 2011 and the whole UFO thing. I hadn't 1998. I hadn't even given it a second thought. I had movies but i saw taken i saw some shows and stuff. loved x-files loved X-Files. yeah got a hold of the creator of that and i just thanked him for giving us experiencers uh something to watch yeah um, and oh, i'm sorry just one thing is you consider you call yourself an experiencer not a contact oh, i'll get abductor. to that oh, okay thank you that. i'm not there yet okay that's i just learned about that so i'm super excited about it but, right, okay go right, ahead right. sorry to interrupt when I was in, still in West Chicago, in Illinois, 
on my second marriage, I, when I divorced my first husband, I should say, I bought a house in West Chicago, Illinois. It's built in 1971. As soon as the kids and I moved in, holy crud. I never, <laughs> I had never been, I, I was a ghost. I was complete skeptic. I was complete skeptic of the whole spirit world. I oh, was. wow. Okay. Um, I got a wake up call. Okay. Um, one night, my husband, my son came downstairs, terrified, screaming, and he wanted he had a nightmare. He said he got in bed. So the next morning, he tells me what happened. He didn't have a nightmare. He said something. He thought his sister was walking around in the hallway, and then the footsteps came toward the door. The lights were on because there's a mirror outside of his doorway. She used to go out there and, and parade around in front of. Him. He thinks she's out there. But the footsteps, he sees the shadow coming toward the door. It walks right through the door. Comes, He hears the footsteps on his carpeting. His hamster starts going crazy. Oh, God. It gets freezing cold. And he said the hair, it it got static electricity. And I said something sat very heavy, sat on his legs. Oh, God. Sat on him. He was terrified. And as soon as and he didn't move, as soon as it dissipated and stood up, he jumped up and round downstairs. Yeah. My daughter then tells me that when she's sitting at the computer in the next room, she keeps feeling hands on her shoulders. I could hear we saw people walking up and down the hallways all the time. We heard stuff that. I mean. Anyway, in 2004, my house burnt down. That oh, house, that, that house burnt down. Yeah. I lost all of my correspondence and books Ugh. and sign, everything from UFO. I That's lost all, all of it. I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, we were just, des- we rebuilt the house. I added on to it. I third story. And you've heard stories of spirits who get pissed off about when you change things on them. Yes. <laughs> they were, they were really ticked Oh off. no. They, you could smell cigar. We, none of, neither one of us smoked in the house. You could smell cigar smoke. You, and we didn't drink either. He was he recovering alcoholic. He didn't drink either. Yeah. You could smell whiskey. You could smell beer. Um, we'd be, you, we'd be downstairs and we would hear this crashing upstairs like all the furniture had just been fallen onto the floor you run upstairs everything's fine um once my son and I once my son and I were having uh dinner and it sounded like a trap door you know wooden trap door slam and it bangs back and forth a couple times and we're looking at it it was right there it it happened right there. We both heard it. it was really really loud. Yeah. Um. And anyway, I I had a creeper come out of my bathroom one night and go down the stairs out of my bedroom. You know what those are, right? What What are those creepers? <laughs> they're those uh, they're the spirits that crawl around upside down with their oh their head god, and they and they and they skitter. Okay. They can climb on ceilings. They can climb down walls. And this one just came out of the bathroom. I got out of bed. I sat up. It came out of the bathroom and it was looking at me menacingly. And I said, is that all you got? (laughs) I guess he didn't like that. And he ran down the stairs. Yeah. Can I ask you a Um, question? Yes. Just uh, in in your, just into, in your intuition. 
intuition, are these, are all these experiences of the same thing? That's the thing that I couldn't understand is I was trying to reconcile. How can we have Christ and Jesus and all this stuff and Buddha? And how can we have um, ghosts and spirits? How can we have fairies and gnomes and all this, you know, the sprites and the spirits and these other entities. I'm it's one big world. We're just, yeah. part, we're just part of the 3d part of it as far as I can tell. Okay. So it's a, it's a dimensional thing you feel like I'm guessing or maybe, and then do you think you have an ability to perceive these other things better than others? Or are you just so lucky you keep finding these places? I don't know. Okay. I think I've always, they've always been of interest. Oh, when I was in high school, oh my God, junior high and high school, um, I was fascinated by uh, Pan, the Satter Pan. And I used to draw him incessantly. Incessant. Wow. If you look at the face of Pan, he has elongated eyes and his horns make it look like he has a big head. Um, I was fascinated with mythology. I was fascinated with fairies and that whole, the fey world. Um and I used to think it's so beautiful that all the there's so many books and movies and everything is just is that I can enjoy now things that I thought about, dreamed about and read about in in old books. And yeah. people are are putting it up on the screen. And, and it, right. it was just I was kept thinking what a beautiful world this is becoming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just curious. Somebody say, oh, I'm a this and I'm a that, or I'm a, right. what's your lineage? And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's told fair. Me. Just curious, just a question. I uh... Although a name, uh, I, I've had names come to me from time to time. And it was a race of grays. And I can't even remember the name offhand, but I remember it came to me and I Googled it when I got to work because I was driving to work and it's the name of a, a race of grays. And I'm like, why would I think of that name? I don't know. That name. Where the hell did that? Because I don't study the charts. There's people I've seen those and I'd like, I'm looking at Greek. I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, oh, and up to the present day, this is interesting. I had completely... You know, uh, ghosts and spirits were one. So I got into that, right? Yeah. I'm watching Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Most Haunted. You name it, I'm watching it. I love these guys. <laughs> um, and seeing things move. Oh, I just loved it. Anyway, so, and I was obsessed. And that's all I watched for the longest time. That yeah. was it. I go to sleep with it on and wake up with it on. Yeah. Um, And those weren't the, the only uh, paranormal experiences we had, but I've heard, I've heard disembodied voices. I heard a voice when I was in 1990, 89 or 90, I was breastfeeding my daughter and I heard a voice just out of the blue say, Kevin, Kevin, I'm thinking <laughs> Kevin Costner did live in my grandmother's neighborhood when I was a kid and I didn't know him. <laughs> That's that, cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, well, he just did dances with wolves. Maybe it's him or maybe it's my daughter's future husband. Or right. I was thinking along those lines, yeah. but I never forgot that. I never forgot that. Thank God I didn't. Um, another time I was 
having a nap and I heard a voice just say, go with the flow. Just go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and so that I do, I do, I go with the flow. In 19, uh, sorry, in 2019, I was all excited about Love Blink 182 followed. I, I sat in the parking lot when my daughter was 15 and, wa- and went to see Incubus and Blink 182. And I sat in the parking lot and listened because I thought, that's so And I always followed Tom DeLong. So when he started oh, wow, telling yeah. everybody that he was interested in UFOs, I was like, how cute. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. Yeah, and then he was coming out with, um, and then I started 2017. Then you know the the videos broke, and I was watched those with a little interest, and I'm thinking hmm, news is getting out. And and then the second episode of Unidentified, which was their show with TTSA, um, they featured Kevin Day, and um, it was the way he delivered his testimony. I just, I stood up and I punched the air and I said, yes, people are going to listen to this man. This is important. Yeah, They have to hear this. And what I didn't know at the time is that Lou Elizondo had tried to get him, get that case in front of Congress for a long, 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 long time and couldn't do it. And that's why he left and went to Leslie Keene at the New York Times. Yeah. That's what happened. Um, But so I just. I reached out to him on Facebook and we were friends and I didn't think anything of it. I just, um, but he's the one, Kevin and Tom DeLong are the ones that brought me back to the fold. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cause then I started um, making old connections. I got a hold of Mark Rodiger. He sent me copies of all my files. So I, so now I had my stuff. So like, you know, I was telling people that this stuff happened, but I had no proof of it. So I got a hold of Mark and he's like, yeah, I got your stuff. So I sent it over and um, it's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, It's been a roller coaster ride. Um, I didn't know Kevin was interested in me. I was happily single for the last 10 years and, you know, I took care of myself and I got my own place and stuff and I, I don't need a guy and he was married. So no. Yeah. Um, And then it was after um, (laughs) his wife his now ex-wife left that um, he started reaching out to me and I had Uh, to ask one of my guy friends. I was like, you think this guy's interested in me? And he said, (laughs) definitely. Um, so yeah, I met him on, uh, I, he called, we came down to California at one point and called me and said he was having dinner with the cast and crew of a tear in the sky, the Carolyn Corey movie. Yeah. And want to meet him up in Burbank. And I said, yeah. So I <laughs> and I had dinner and then we went to cocktails later and I met his agent and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. Um, oh goodness. Uh, Oh, she's going to be so mad. I forgot her name. But anyway, I met a bunch of people there. (laughs) And then I went to uh, Wednesday, the following Wednesday, I was able to go on set and Kevin and I um, sat and talked for a long, 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 long time. And that's when we realized we have feelings for each other. And I wanted to start a long-term relationship and I'm blushing right now. I can feel it. I'm going to have a hot flash. Oh, goodness. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I did notice the name on your Zoom meeting is yeah. Kevin. So I I I think this you didn't know that. Like, <laughs> this might be going somewhere good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really good. It's really good. Um, um, oh, it's sorry to uh, disrupt your thought, but so who, where did you hear the name Kevin before? Was it from a gray? Oh, it or? was on Unidentified. It was on the show to Unidentified when Tom DeLong and Lou Elizondo stood in this living room in this house and interviewed him. Oh, and okay. his testimony was in that show. Okay. And that's okay. when I saw him for the first time. Okay. And it was just the way he delivered his testimony that right. I just. You and knew guess it. what? He, and Lou won't admit it now. Others will. But it was the Nimitz case. That okay. Shook up everything. That's okay. when that's when Lou said enough is enough. I'm bringing this stuff to the public and that's all there is to it. People yeah. have, and yeah. thank God he did. So anyway, oh, I actually, oh, I just love it when I, I see these emails from, from people that I can't discuss right now. And, and I know people now that I never would have known otherwise. Yeah. And, um, oh, so yeah, so here I am. I've been here a year and a half. Yay. We got married six months ago. Congratulations. That's Thank so you. awesome. Yeah. And um, Kevin has a seizure disorder. Okay. And it's really, um, he st- apparently started having them shortly after he saw the uh, footage on CNN. Oh, and wow. That, yeah. He got a hold of Gary um, Voorhees and they, they set up UAPX, um, but it was that that's when he started having seizures and he's had oh, them since. No. Oh yeah. Um, and seizure medication is nothing to mess with. Um, every time we change a dose or up a dose, it's, it's really, he is, he struggles. He really yeah. Struggles. I can't imagine. Um, I'm sure people notice his social media when he's feeling good and when he's not feeling good. And just, it's, it's yeah. really, but, um, I'm a badass warrior goddess, so I'm you're just a badass warrior goddess, and you're in love. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I'm staying put, and he's gonna get well. Or <laughs> high water, he's yeah, getting. for sure. Well, congratulations. This is, I mean, what a wonderful um, you beyond answered any uh, questions and anything, and I think that this is just such an. Um, important story and I really appreciate your honesty. I know it's not easy. I think um I know it's not easy. It's uh it's complex PTSD. It's not easy. And I really, oh. really appreciate you sharing all of this. Well here's the thing too is Kevin's PTSD. He was on uh, have you ever heard of the Vincennes Airbus disaster? Uh-uh. Do you don't know what that is? Mm-mm. The Vincennes was a naval um uh, vessel was Kevin's first deployment and they shot down in a, I think it was Iranian Airbus and many, uh, uh, they were all killed civilians. Um, Kevin saw this. He warned them. He said, don't shoot them down. And they did. That's, that was the first thing that really affected him. Yeah. Um, and there's been, there were other times in the Navy that were difficult. Then the Nimitz encounter 
And then I will be honest with you, those years between 2017 and even today have been a struggle. And he's got he's got complex PTSD that he really I'm praying that we get help for him because it has to happen. Yeah, he's, he's a very strong, intelligent man. Yeah, well, that has nothing to do with it. I think what they say about trauma, it's a uh, it's a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. It doesn't matter who or what you are. You're having a normal reaction to something that shouldn't happen, mm-hmm. um, that you shouldn't see. So luckily, mm-hmm. I think there's a bunch of we're, it's the future. <laughs> we're in the future. And there's tons of new modalities for healing and all sorts of different stuff. Um and if you, yeah, uh, and on, on this podcast, we talked to a bunch of different people that do a bunch of different things. If you ever wanted to, um, mm. any recommendations for that, but thank you so, so very much, um, for coming here um, and sharing these stories. Um, and it, you know, I know you said, is there anything that you would like to tell anyone? Or I guess one thing is if someone else is experiencing these things, um, where should they go? What's the first or what's some of the steps if you well, are? In my case, this was pre-internet um, yeah. and cell phones. So all we had was the phone, letter writing, and we used them. Right. Um, and the best, best thing that I ever did was uh, support groups. Okay. Other people sitting down and uh, talking about what they've been through that was honestly the best help that I and got. Is that is that MUFON or is it just your how <clears throat> no? Um, really ha- you, I'm sure there's support groups out there. Uh, Yvonne has one. Uh, okay. Yeah. There. Okay. I used to go to the one once a month in Huntington Beach when I lived yeah, down. Yeah, so that's okay. zero. Yeah. Yeah, zero. Okay. That's what needs to happen. Okay. More support groups. Okay. More support groups. I mean, doing it online is is fun and everything, but being able to sit around a, a table, share a meal. Um, we always did a raffle every time. Yeah. It was it was a fun, it was event. It was an event every month. Yeah. So I would if people can get into some sort of one-on-one support with other people or a, a therapy with somebody who deals with the paranormal, the, the, the psychologist, the parent, she was a parapsychologist that Jacques Vallée sent to me okay. back in 80, 89 or 90. Okay. She was in, her name was Marilyn Tier and she was a parapsychologist. So, okay. So a parapsychologist. Yes. Okay. Well, um, oh, and you were going to say, sorry, I'm, I will leave you alone in one second, but you were going to explain why you are an experiencer and not a, because yeah. <laughs> I have not had an NDE. I have been OBE out of body a jillion okay. times. Okay. I know the I know the signs when it's starting to happen, when it I sometimes I engage it, sometimes I tell it to go away. Okay. Um, it, it comes from outside me. It's there, it's not me doing it. It's I think it's somebody else, it's something else that wants my energy while I'm in that state. Okay. That's my opinion. Okay. Um, and of course i've seen the ghosts and spirits and the ufos and the oh my god yeah um just a whole bunch of stuff yeah but i haven't had a near death and i'm thankful for that okay well yeah well it sounds like you learned what they learned just a little maybe easier but thank you so very much for coming here i'm so happy to have met you and uh 
I really, you, really, really appreciate this. Um, thank you. Okay, yeah, bye. You're, you're, my, oh. you're my first one. Goodbye. Oh, no way. Congrats. You did great. An amazing job. An honor to be your first. Thank you oh, so thank much. You. Okay, okay, bye. All right. Bye, Bonnie.